Tech Up WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. What's up? And this is episode 73, baby. Yes. Woo. Deep, deep in the burrows of the off season, deep into the holiday season. Yep. And so much has happened, actually, uh, in these last few days. Obviously, the draft lottery happened. We are going to give you our reactions to all of that coming up. Uh, plus I got to do this really fun live stream with Bleacher Report, uh, where Seattle Storm's Jewel Lloyd was my co-host. Absolutely massive. This is a uh, huge achievement for the podcast, even though I was not part of this. (laughs) Um, you need to tell me everything, uh, was Jewel nice. Yeah. Jewel Lloyd was very nice. Um, I was super nervous. This all yes. happened pretty last minute. I think I had like two days notice. And then, you know, we always joke here, like how like we're WNBA. And then we also have this NBA thing going on. And it's like so much to pay attention to women's college basketball. And then suddenly I was like, I have two days yep. to whip my butt into shape. Thrown into the fire. Thrown into the fire. So learned s- significant amounts about the women's college game right now, which will be useful for us uh, this year and forever. So that was really cool. Jewel was very nice. She was, in my opinion, you know, just lower energy, but I think that's only in comparison to my high, like, oh my God, it's Jewel Lloyd. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, And then she was just like, hey, how's it going? Also, yeah. (laughs) I was like, no. We see athletes out there exerting so much energy and being intense, and it's kind of hard to guess what they're going to be like on camera or yeah. Meanwhile, this is like this is my time. This is when I'm on. Hundred percent. This is when I'm on. This is our sport. Um, you know, I got to ask Jewel a couple like you know casual questions as we were killing time before the uh, actual draft started to uh, reveal itself. And uh, found out that she owns a Smoothie King franchise in Miami. Okay, that's big. Right? Um, So was that... I'm breaking news. Break break that news. (laughs) How did that evolve? I need to know. Because, I mean, I can't imagine your question was... Did you open a Smoothie King in Miami? What what do you own? I'm sure you didn't ask, what do you own? Uh, I asked her... um, uh, what she was up to this off season and if she had any plans to play overseas this year. And then she said she had no plans to play overseas this year and that she had a lot going on, including opening a smoothie King in Miami. Wow. And then I was like, wow, bury the lead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a big, I mean, that's exciting. I, I was also like, you know, like we don't have smoothie King here in Toronto. You could open one up with your girl, Kia nurse, like, Let's get this going. I like you know, it. We get only the plugs in. we only got like a booster juice out here in Toronto. Like I've never seen a smoothie king in Toronto, and I don't know if there's one in other parts of Canada, but I've never seen one here. I mean, I'm not even sure uh, where it is in the U.S. Right? Like, there's a lot of regional. Well, fran- in New Orleans, franchises. don't they have the Smoothie King Arena or something? Yeah, Isn't there a smoothie? They do. Yeah, so. It is certainly a U.S. franchise. It could be like a Mason-Dixon line thing. That's a big thing in the U.S. <laughs> it's only south of the Mason-Dixon. It's okay. There's so many franchises that are like that. 
It's true. Really? Like we have, yeah. So we have, uh, you know, uh, for, for, you know, most of our listeners are from the U S but if you live in the Northern part of the U S you might be familiar with Tim Hortons, which is in New York. Um, I think it's in Indiana. It's in a uh, Pennsylvania. It's in, a, it's in, you know, a decent amount of States, but there's a certain like Southern point mm. where there's no more Tim Hortons, which we call Timmy's. There's no more of them. They drop off mm. and, and that happens both ways. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. So if, if, if you are from a state or if you have more knowledge about Smoothie King and it's like regional spread, hit us up. Yeah. Um, I kept going on about the Smoothie King and then I looked at Jewel and I was like, I'm really sorry. And then she was like, hey, all publicity is good publicity, I guess. Or all press is good press, I guess. And I was like, yes. They're like, um, we're live and we need to talk about this draft. <laughs> Can you please move on? Well, we went like, quote unquote, on the air, right? It was live on streaming on the app, on the Bleacher Report app. And then the ESPN broadcast had started, but then they were killing time. So as they were killing time, we also had to kill time. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Um, yeah and then and then we did like a mock draft together uh immediately afterwards and then that was really fun and then you know she was kind of like uh i don't know how much i could say or can't say as an active player that's I can't yeah that's my big like question seattle storm actively wants this type of player so i was like you know for entertainment purposes only this is just for fun blah 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 and she was really cool she was really cool and it was really a, a fun opportunity to be able to do that and so yeah, I've done a couple live streams for Bleacher Report now. This is my first time doing it with uh, a co-host and certainly with a, a WNBA star. So, yeah, super exciting for us and for the pod. I mean, I didn't really – I mean, Bleacher Report arranged it, so I didn't really get a chance to, like, be like, hey, like, come on my podcast sometime or something. But It'll happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and shoot my shot on, on Listen, social media or something. We'll build a and- smoothie king. <laughs> she'll be there um we'll do ask, we'll do our best yeah let me ask you this though um and also just for people listening like where is this like watchable like did, did they post it somewhere i don't know okay, i don't well. know if you can go back but it's on the bleacher report app okay so i don't the- know if it's something you can go back and find so, um but that is where it would be okay well well, I mean, you know, we're not with Bleacher Report, but we're friendly with Bleacher Report. So sure, yeah. get the app, support Catherine, <laughs> check out Jewel, um, and uh, see if Jewel said anything about Seattle. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. If it you was caught really... her slipping. <laughs> yeah, but also if you did, please don't get her in trouble. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think she did. Uh, I think she played it very well. But yeah, that was really exciting. Uh, We'll get into our uh, lottery uh, reactions coming up because literally as we are recording or as we were about to jump on, like like multiple breaking news events have occurred. So I feel like we want to get this uh get this uh talked about talked about get this let's get this talked about let's get this talked about off enough's enough. Um, this untalked about material. How did how did Bleach Report ever hire me? Uh, let's get this talked about. Honestly, top. that's that's like a, that's a pretty good. That sounds like a, <laughs> a angry parent at a like a, like a parent teacher meeting. You know what? You don't have to have kids to just turn into a mom. 
you know that's yeah. what i've learned you know it just happens to you it just happens uh should i start with my news or should you start with your news it's not um, our personal news. We've just divided up the news. Yeah, we 100% are not breaking the story. We are um, talking about the stories to you, our audience. Um, why don't you start? Sure. So uh, just announced uh, on ESPN that uh, the Connecticut Suns, Tiffany Hayes, has announced her retirement from the WNBA. Uh, they said, quote, uh, you could still catch me overseas, but the WNBA, this right here with the Connecticut Sun, was my last season. This is via the Count Me Out podcast. So that is as big of a quote as I have on the story right now that just came out as we're recording. Pretty big news uh, for the Connecticut Sun. Slightly, uh, maybe more than slightly scathing uh from a wmba mm -hmm. perspective uh stating that i'm just retiring from this league not that i'm retiring from basketball um yeah i found this to be quite surprising yeah very surprising and not a great look for the w right you know i think you, the w wants to uh see itself it is the best uh you know women's basketball league in the world but i think it, not by like a like a country mile sort of thing, right? Like it wants to be, if someone's retiring, you know, you want them to be doing it at the W, um, or if they're leaving the W, sim similar to other big leagues like uh, you know North America that are like at the top of their sport. If you're if you're leaving that that you know the North American league, then you're it's because you can't compete anymore, which is not the case for Tiffany Hayes at all. Um, so I got a quote, uh, and, uh, sort of fun tweet, um, a little factoid tweet here from across the timeline. Uh, so it says, fun fact, Tiffany Hayes is one of just 10 players in WNBA history with 4,000 points, a thousand free throws made a thousand rebounds, 750 assists and 350 three pointers. Uh, hmm. so this list is absolutely like, you know like incredible hall of fame level players. So huge, huge name retiring. Uh, and then her quote uh, is, um, you know, in, in reference to retiring uh, and why uh, it's a lot of things. I really feel like I'm older now. Uh, I got a lot of stuff that I really always want, wanted to get to, but I'm so busy because I'm playing year round. Plus my body playing 11 seasons straight with no breaks every year, two seasons in a year, every time, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So she's just needs to slow down at this point. Needs to slow down a little bit and is, uh, you know, going to continue playing basketball, but is choosing to end her WNBA career. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, first of all, good for her. Like, you yeah. know, happy for her. And she's obviously entitled to do that. Personally, I'm not the type of person who would, um, announce this in that way and what i mean by that is i just don't believe in closing doors you know what i mean like you could say like just be like i need to take this year off from the from right. the wmba i just my body i need a year off 
personally. That's how that's how I roll. Yeah, that's fair. You know, because um, like, like I'm curious, you just, the... you just never know. You just never know. And it's just one of those things where it's like you could have like every intention to just never go back to the WNBA. But I just wouldn't say it until I was completely retired from basketball, point blank, period. Right. But I think, you know, potential counterpoint, and I'm just yes. totally counter uh, counter me. I'm countering you. Uh, this is like totally, you know, I guess guesswork here. But if you, you know, want to have a parting jab at the league you think should pay you more, this might be a way to do it. Uh, you might, you might, you know, I think there's some insinuation, right, that the fact yeah. that she's not retiring from basketball, um, you know, that you could be saying, hey, I would play for Connecticut or I would play for another team if they were uh, willing to show me the amount of money I want. So my counter to that is... Uh, double counter. A, a double can- I don't believe in pointed jabs like that. Okay. I don't right. believe in it because I think again, you just you never know. What if in the future there's a coaching opportunity with the WNBA? What if there's a broadcasting opportunity? What if there's a front office opportunity with the league that would suit you in your post playing career? And then this, and then they remember this slight and they think, oh, okay, maybe she's not about our league in the future. Like you just again, like I don't know what she wants to do with her future. Maybe she doesn't want to have anything to do with basketball like i've no idea right but it's just why and i'm and maybe i don't think this comment is extreme enough to close those doors Mm -hmm. but why why even risk it fair i mean can i come at you with a triple counter triple counter me baby here we go um this could be good it could be a leverage thing it could be sort of like hey i have a bar um, you know, I want to continue, uh, you know, my relationship with the WNBA, but, um, you got to show me a bit more respect and there might be certain franchises that are like, well, you know, you're out. And there might be other franchises that are like, I, you know, I work whether, you know, she played for Connecticut, she played for Atlanta. They might say, we know Tiffany well, and, um, you know, we want her coaching we want her commentating we want her whatever right so this could be you know this could be sort it could be a show of strength that's 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 my final counter i rest okay. my case <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be it could be time will tell if that is the truth or not um yeah. i won't counter that we got a lot other, of mileage. Other, we got a lot of mileage. I, I the only thing I'll say is I don't think so. But <laughs> whoa! But I don't know the sneaky fourth counter. I you know you don't believe you don't believe in pointed jabs, but I do believe you just there was a bit of a jab on your way out. Um, I meant okay. okay. I meant in business, <laughs> not with you, Freddie Rivas. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, my, Fantastic. My break. Okay, we got more breaking news. More, yeah. Um, so this is, uh, you know, I think it's very much a you know in motion type thing, but I think it is relevant, of course. Uh, so Ted Leonsis, uh, owner of the 
Washington Capitals in the NHL. And then um, in terms of basketball, uh, the Mystics and the Wizards has um, has said that, you know, like he has intentions of moving the team from the teams from Washington to Northern Virginia in uh, uh, Alexandria, which uh, I think has a, a lot of tech going on there. And um, this is sort of a, you know, kind of take with it, you know, take it with a grain of salt, right? Because it's not imminent. And then also there's been a response from the mayor of Washington, um, Miriam Bowser, uh, who is sort of saying like, hey, we want to keep these teams in Washington. Um, and this happens, all, you know, we, me and you were talking about before the podcast, but this happens in sports all the time, all the time. There's like there's threats to move teams and kind of force cities to contribute more money, um, which I personally don't think is very fair, but uh, it is a thing that happens. Um, Yeah, anyways, that's the news. um, When you say threaten to move cities, like, is this a stadium deal? Like, is that what it is? Like, why would they threaten to move cities? Like, what is that based on? Yes, uh, thank you. Um, It is a stadium deal. So... Uh, it's uh, right now they all play in Capital One Arena in DC, um, and uh, it is a like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is sort of it's saying like, hey, we have you know money elsewhere to build a bigger, better facility, and we would consider moving it there. Right, because the Capital One Arena like it needs renovations, or I think so. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure if it's like a space issue or if, um, you know, the, the, the owner of the franchises doesn't want to pay as much as he's paying. Um, I think there's probably a lot of political stuff there and a lot of agreements to be had type thing. But, um, I think if you are a, you know, if you live near Washington, this is pretty big news for you, right? You could have your three teams, relocated it's not very far away like it would still be your team but you know it's still a pretty big deal well yeah i mean yeah and we don't know if this would include all three teams but we uh assume so because it's the same ownership group um yeah it's definitely a developing story we'll keep our eye on i mean i don't know if or how that would impact uh WNBA expansion at all um, there's no real mention of that here as the NBA team and the NHL team, the Washington Capitals are the, you know, primary money makers here. Um, but yeah, really, really, really interesting stuff. And you're right. Like the whole like city taxes stadium thing. That's always a thing in every city, but you know, stadiums I hear are a good investment. So yeah, um, and it's you know it's happened to a lot of you know a lot of franchises that have been relocated. This is sort of the start of it. This is kind of like how it happens. Um, sometimes it's just a straightforward sale. Sometimes you know franchises are sold and then they the new owners decide to keep it where it is. Uh, but it's you know this is kind of like precarious territory. Right. Um... Only because, you know, we just got this now uh, as we're recording, so I haven't had the chance to read this fully. Is it, like, 
is the state of Virginia bidding to have this? Because it says there's a proposal which will need the state legislature's approval calls for the creation of a $2 billion sports and entertainment district south of Washington and Alexandria, uh, Virginia, just miles from the existing arena. Uh, I don't know who this person uh, said uh, in an interview with the Associated Press ahead of the news conference Wednesday at the site. It would include an arena for what would be the state's first major professional sports teams, as well as a new Wizards practice facility, a separate performing arts center, a media studio, new hotels, a convention center, housing and shopping. So like this is like. Like, is the state bidding for this, like the state of Virginia? Um, it looks like the, you know, it's, uh, again, I'm not really a business person, but it seems like it's in that early stage of approving, you know, sort of like everyone is getting their ducks in a row. Um, and it seems like Virginia sees an opportunity here to bring to in all it. this. Yeah. To take it. Exactly. Um, and okay. you know, yeah, so it's definitely, you know, if you're, if you are, if you live in DC, this is, uh, potentially not great. <laughs> Um, yeah. if, if you live in Virginia, you know, um, again, they're very close, but um, it could be a scenario where, you, where it's something you want. Uh, obviously, more details have to come. And I think it's, you know, even if it was successful, it's still like three, four years away from from actually happening. Right. Right. Or longer. Um, yeah, but we'll definitely keep our eye on that. Uh, did we have other breaking news or that was it? That's the breaking news. Oh, there was one more, which is just a shout out to Chelsea Gray, mm. who is joining the Sacramento Kings broadcast team. Uh, she's going to be great. And they're lucky. Yeah. Huge. Congratulations to Chelsea. That's so awesome. I look forward to seeing her. I have Malik Monk on my fantasy team. Nice. Nice. As a later pickup, trying uh, to, yeah. uh, trying to, you know, root for him. Really bad stat line last night, but. Hopefully That's that okay. changes. Well, hopefully, you know, Chelsea Happen. goes there and uh after her first Whips game. She, in the shape. And lights the beam. She she needs to light a beam. She needs to light the beam right away. I don't even I hope Sacramento could appreciate it. I hope Sacramento lights the beam for her. Yeah, they, that, be they that's better appreciate yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, they better appreciate her. And if they don't, we're coming after them. That's right. California, let's go. <laughs> okay, let's go back into the draft lottery that happened over the weekend. First and foremost, congratulations to the Indiana Fever who got the number one pick. Boom, yes. boom, 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 boom. Massive, back to back. Very likely to now draft Caitlin Clark uh, at number one, potentially a franchise altering player. I think her and Aaliyah Boston together will really, I mean, that's a force. That's it's a, a ma force. Yeah. Major force. If you're, um, you know, I think we have to say here with, uh, you know, with the way COVID has impacted the NCAA, uh, there is still potential that Caitlin does not declare. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all signs are pointing to the fact that uh, she will. Uh, but you know, I think just as a caveat, a, a lot of these players were mentioning there is still that chance that they will, you know, unless they're they're all the way they've played their fifth year. Most yeah, of them well, haven't. Like like Caitlin yeah. Clark, look is so 
good she looks bored yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it'd be crazy for her not to move into a professional ranking next season it would that's that's Um, my hot take that's my hot take and then my other hot take is that she's in iowa she's gonna get drafted by indiana that's that's a neighbor that's a neighbor she'll get to play with kelsey mitchell can we please bring some of these Iowans into the arena? Can we can we give them the fever? Wow, you're passionate. I love it. Um, no we, counter to that. We need these NCAA stars to translate into WNBA viewership. Hundred percent. Uh, you know, if you if you're the W, do what you got to do. Get Caitlin in the league, like this. That should be and you know, and Angel Reese. You know, like there's obviously other big players that we're going to talk about as well. But I think those two players have such a large uh, public profile that you you want them in the league now. Um, there and and. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, in this Yahoo Sports article, they do talk about, uh, which is fair, um, that, uh, and this is by Jackie Powell, by the way, it's really good. Um, she, you know, talks about if Caitlin were to, say, not win uh, an NCAA championship, maybe that's a reason for her to return. But, I mean, I just hope for the sake of the W for uh, Indiana fans that this happens. Yeah. Yeah, and also with Angel Reese, we don't know if she's going to declare for the draft either. Yeah. Um, Paige Beckers, not Bukers. Good Lord, that was like a moment of male confidence on my part uh, last episode. It is Beckers. Uh, All signs point that she will be ready to declare for the draft. I mean, I think she has enough years in the NCAA. She did miss some time with injuries, of course. Um, But she's also expected to be... um, in this top three, Angel Reese has fallen far out of this top three, out of the top five amongst Whoa. many yeah. uh, mock drafts. And I I find this to be uh, surprising. I find it to be borderline stupid. Uh, dare I say? <laughs> Guess what? No counters here. I was going to bring that up. It's, yeah, I mean, you go first. No, I just think, like, when the time comes... By April, right? Assuming the draft happens in April again. Um, if she declares for the draft, I think she will go top five. If for nothing else, because she is a star. Um, but also she is a very good player. She is not the best player in this draft, but she is a very good player. And I think all this stuff about her taking time off for mental illness or not illness, just mental health, like, you know, needing a break. And then, you know, articles that refer to that as drama and stuff like that. I don't think that's cool. I think people will look beyond that. Um, And if she does fall in this draft, then a team like, the Minnesota Lynx, for example, who I think have like the seventh pick will be happy to have her, you know, like I, I just, I think if, if she fell in this draft, it would be one of those things that, uh, that the teams above would live to regret. I think, 
Um, she might not be the best player in her first year. I, you know, she's probably not going to be a rookie of the year, but that doesn't mean she isn't a future star. So, yeah, so curious to see how these mock drafts will unfold over time. Freddie, I think this is my opinion. We haven't discussed this yet. We should do a mock draft after free agency. That is I when that. I think we should do our official mock draft. Big because announcement. We're doing just- a mock draft, too. <laughs> Because I think it's too soon. I mean, A, we don't know who's going to declare and who isn't going to declare. We might not know that by February either. But teams like the Sparks, who have the second pick, have, I looked this up over the weekend, so I don't have the number in front of me. I believe seven free agents wow. on their roster. Like if And if seven's not the right number, then I apologize. But it's a lot. Like it's a lot of free agents. And now they have the number two and number 12 pick. They have missed the playoffs three years in a row. And it is very uncertain to me at this point what direction they're going to go in. Are they going to double down on this team with Neka Agumake? Or are they going to move on and rebuild? Because that will also massively affect who they pick. Yeah, I mean, so so, so many good. I points. said a lot. Yeah, I said hey, a lot. It's good, um, and 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 no counters. I'll just uh, I'll jump on a couple things. I think they do need to rebuild. I don't think there's enough talent there. Uh, I think that uh, LA has sort of doubled down in the wrong direction, uh, and short of some massive free agents coming there, which is always possible with LA. Um, they need to sort of get a bit of. Or organic momentum like it's gotta they gotta start somewhere and um but you know i really want to dive back into the angel reese conversation mm. because I, I could not agree agree with you more um obviously jackie powell is just reporting here but um you know the the idea that uh, you know the the writing here is a lot of teams could pass on reese after the drama that ensued at lsu this fall so you know i don't even really like that description and i think we're similar there and then she also said another talent evaluator believes there's a lot of work to be done on her game. Okay, that's fair. But also on her maturity. So I'll, I'll say this. When we do our mock draft, uh, the type of a talent evaluator I am is if you're even trying to project maturity, you're really sort of losing, you're losing sight of what's important. And I honestly see what she has done as strength, as bravery, and as maturity. So, I mean, I think if you're if you're one of these t- potential teams that uh, theoretically passes on her for those reasons, you're really going to regret it. And, um, you know, a- another thing I'll add is that a lot of these uh, top picks, right? You know, you're hear- hearing with Caitlin even, uh, who obviously I don't think is going to be it's going to be much of a problem, but but with Paige. Um, and then uh, who was number three in this? Um, uh, Cameron think, Brink. Cameron Brinks. So you're hearing with all three of them that potentially there's some physicality issues, which makes sense with rookies. You wonder who you're, you're not hearing that with? Angel Reese. So when you think about someone transitioning into a league where you're not playing against potentially like 18 and 19 year olds and you have to like have that a full adult strength, you know, no one's saying that about Angel Reese. So if I'm an evaluator, I look at that as a really sort of important skill. Mm-hmm. So, 
So anyways, mm-hmm. that's that's a, a bit of a rant there, but you know, just sort of, I think that that evaluation, the the sort of like immaturity type stuff, or like even work ethic, mm-hmm. those are sort of buzzwords in mock drafts that always bother me. Well, and you know what the thing is too that I feel like a lot of these mock drafts aren't necessarily considering is like okay, so let's say you know, let's say Cameron Brink. Uh, you know, she's a power forward center. I have some of her numbers here. She averages uh, 18 points a game and 11 rebounds and two assists and with very high efficiency. She has a 50, 59% field goal percentage, right? She's a great player. Mm-hmm. But let's say, for example, and this is just a big hypothetical, the, the LA Sparks decide they want to rebuild. Now, Cameron Brink is a great player. I don't know if she's a franchise player. Angel Reese, not maybe also not a franchise player. I'm not sure. Similar numbers, 17 points and 10 rebounds. But you know Angel Reese is going to sell tickets. That's the part of the mock draft that I feel isn't being included in this. Like, if you're going to, if you're the Sparks and you're moving away from Neka Agumake, which I don't know if they are or not. I'm just saying they haven't gone anywhere in the last three years and that Mm -hmm. they might use this as an opportunity to do so. Wouldn't you, I mean, you're LA, you need to sell tickets. You're Hollywood. Wouldn't you want a star? I don't know. And we all know she looks good in purple. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just like her numbers are so similar to someone who is projected at number three. That I feel like, and I'm not saying she should go higher, but I'm just saying there is a world where she it ends up being a top draft pick because of those reasons beyond just her numbers. And I'm not saying, yeah, again, I'm not saying it should be that way. I'm just saying it could be that way. Yeah, no, I think that's very, very fair. And, you know, you, you have to think about how you're going to market your team. Um, I mean, you know, winning first, obviously, like the best way for LA, I think, to be popular and sell tickets is to be good. But yes, um, there's that too. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a major I mean, factor. They might, but they could also re-up people and then sign her in addition to that. Right? Like yeah, to say totally. they couldn't do that. Uh, no, I I agree. Um, so two other players I wanted to touch on. I don't know if there's any that are, like, you know, anything you want to sort of jump out i mean the only thing i'll say to my point is that like maybe they'll look at someone like Paige beckers and she'll they'll be like she'll sell tickets too or you know what i mean like she's also very popular um but just saying that this is like a factor that i feel like the mock drafts aren't including um and i think it should be that's all yeah very very fair um so two two players i sort of you know i've been hearing um uh, oh wait, I just had it in front of me. Um, I've been hearing um, Cardoso. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Car- uh, Cardoso. Pardon me. Um, I've been hearing her name a lot, and I really want to watch her play. And there's just not a lot of players in the league or in W history that are six seven or six seven plus. Yeah, she's so that to me, and and I, I know the league is in some ways like flush with like talented bigs and and need you know that 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 strong ball handler that shooter six seven is a big deal right and if you if you have that 
kind of inherent advantage and you're not giving up a lot of other stuff. I could see like on, on you're right. She could go higher as a result of that. Yeah. I, in my, in my mock draft, she's at seven for Minnesota. I think in yours, she is a four, four. Um, Yeah. So, you know, as of now, as of now, which could change when we officially do a mock draft. I love it. I love it. Just to let everyone know. And also, you know, I think TV time is going to matter. South Carolina is uh, probably going to go deep. Right. So uh, you you would imagine that she sees a lot of, um, you know, sees a lot of national attention. Uh, And then the other player, I feel like there's a little bit of a Homer part here in your uh draft she's five in my yahoo draft she is four and that's Aaliyah edwards uh playing for the huskies uh i mean would be the highest drafted canadian ever uh I, you know uh, would, would beat uh leticia uh amy here um so that's cool i want that to happen mm-hmm. and um it'd be awesome if, you know if she snuck into the top three amazing um freddie uh, oh, we got to talk about Brittany Griner. We do. Yes. Wow. <gasps> Brittany Griner has officially sold the rights to her story yeah. to Disney, Disney Corp, uh, which owns ABC and ESPN. Uh, this includes a documentary feature for ESPN Films, uh, an interview on ABC News with Robin Roberts, and a scripted series through abc signature oh i didn't i didn't i didn't realize that wow yeah that's what it says here in uh in complex uh will chronicle her journey with a documentary feature from espn films and a scripted series through abc signature griner will also sit down for her first exclusive interview with abc news's robin roberts according to variety so variety is the one who initially reported this yeah big uh big deal i uh uh i feel weird about the scripted series uh, I, I just, I, I, I don't know how I missed that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, why do you feel weird about it? Like that to me is like, I, I, I don't know. Just sort of surprising. Like, well, okay. The documentary makes complete sense. The interview with Robin Roberts makes complete sense. A scripted series. So like we're, we're taking this event and we are sensationalizing it into a into a show into a mini we don't know if it's like a mini series a tv show with multiple seasons it just is a scripted series it's it feels um i don't know it feels a little i don't know just feels a little icky to me but i have no idea what that's you know if the opportunity is there who says no? I don't think I would say no. If I had gone through such a harrowing experience and now a year later people want to throw all this cash at me and I get to tell my story and stuff, like I wouldn't I'm also a literal TV writer, so it's another reason I wouldn't say ah. no. But you know what I mean? Like I I so when I say it feels icky, like I don't want 
people to think like I'm putting her down. Like I'm, I'm not claiming I'm better or would do something different, but it, it feels off to me. And maybe I need to sit with it longer and think about it. Or maybe I just need to see the series itself and see their interpretation of it. But it, it feels, it feels weird. It feels weird to me, but the documentary is great. The interview is great. I don't know when that interview is going to happen. Uh, there's no dates yet. So I'm obviously looking forward to you uh, to watching that when it happens. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that's very fair. I think, you know, uh, often like uh, when, when something is scripted or dramatized, it, um, you know, things like facts can kind of get a little bit, you know, they're they're It's just it's it's for the sake. It's for the explicit reason uh, of, of entertainment. But um you know, this is probably going a bit too deep here, but like as someone that loves documentary, I feel like often people don't realize just how edited and sort of like uh, narrative driven documentaries are um, or reality TV, right? I think like a lot of times we watch these things and we're like, this is how it unfolded. And it's like, no, the editors chose how it unfolded and they're portraying a story. Um, yeah. I do think that script that is very different. Uh, but I think for me, the key here and just rereading it is that both of these projects will be executive produced by Brittany and Cheryl. So that to me makes, like, it gives me some sense of like, okay, I think this will be good. Um, and I think it's important because, you know, there's a little bit of a tangent here, but I was at a party recently and, um, uh, you know, we were at the same party actually. Uh, and you know, just talking with podcast people. And someone, you know, was curious about what we do. And, you know, obviously the uh, conversation of Brittany Griner came up. And the very first thing they said was, is she the one who brought weed into Russia? And, you know, this wasn't like a mean person. This was just, that's what they knew. And I think that I really support Brittany's, like, you know, telling her perspective of this story because i think that the dominant narrative is very i'll say it you know untrue unfair and has a lot of tinges of um i don't know like you know homophobia um racism. just like racism frustration at female athletes uh and i'm by the way i'm not saying this at all about the person i was talking to but to me it was reflective of like you know, she didn't know much about the league, but she did know that. And that to me is not something that is fair to assume. Um, you know, especially after, you know, anyone that's listening to this, by the way, we uh, is a newer listener. We covered every ounce of that uh, house. Mm -hmm. Whoops. Um, but we, we covered every little bit of uh, the Brittany Griner story. And um, that was not something we ever kind of accepted as an ultimate truth. Uh, there was, there was, you know, I'm not saying it did or didn't happen. I'm just saying that uh, Russia's account of events, I don't personally fully trust. Uh, and I think I have good reason for that. So anyways, uh, I, I really kind of went in a specific direction, but I'm happy that she's going to tell her story. Um, yeah. No, I'm really glad you brought that up um, because that's very true. And I think with us, because we're such huge WNBA fans and such huge fans of Brittany Griner that sometimes we forget that we're in a bubble and mm -hmm. like there's yeah there are 
all these people out there that don't know her story and they only know one thing or they only know small pieces of information and she absolutely deserves to have her story told. Um, I just felt like when I um when I saw a scripted series, I just pictured like this Shonda Rhimes version yeah, yeah, totally. of it. And I was like, oh, like I don't know if like I want that. But yeah. also maybe that could end up being I really but about, I know what you mean it's gotta be done well, right? Yeah, so, like, so and I is. think and I think for me too, because like you know, I mean you talk about like, you know, like documentaries and realities. I think because I know how the sausage is made, so to speak. Yeah. Maybe that made me feel icky as well, but you're absolutely right. Like her story is one that deserves to be told and it's good that she and her wife Cheryl still have authority over how their story is being told. And I think that's really critical here. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it whenever it actually does come out. Yeah, me too. Of course. Um, um, okay. Should we move on to your fun question? We're here. Freddie's fun question. Let's go. Okay. So uh, we have made fun of the commissioner's cup for a second. <laughs> uh, and I think that's fair. That's justified. Uh, the It's been lacking. And I also think that um, the sort of press and success of the NBA in-season tournament, uh, the NBA did the same thing. Uh, is you know has a potential to to change the the commissioner's cup uh, you know for the better right I think that um, this is going to be an accepted thing in basketball leagues and I'm curious Catherine if there's anything that you saw in the NBA in season tournament that you think could be incorporated uh, into the commissioner's cup or or just you know any ideas yeah. to enhance the commissioner's cup. Yes, I did see things in the NBA in-season tournament that I think could enhance the Commissioner's Cup. And I think that is the tournament itself. Right? Have a tournament leading up to that cup. I do think that would energize the regular season, which, you know, as fans of basketball, I always find it hard to engage in the very beginning of the WNBA season because the mm -hmm. NBA playoffs are happening and we cover both and it's, and it's a lot, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot to have to try and follow both at the same time. Nothing the WNBA could do in terms of like its schedule and stuff like that. Cause it would interfere with international leagues if they pushed it further into the summer. And I'm not suggesting they do anything like that, but I think, you know, I didn't like the way the courts looked, but I did like the concept of a different look mm -hmm. for the yeah. in-season tournament. And I think, like, if they just had that bold stripe across the middle and you knew, like, this is an in-season tournament game with the Spark and the Phoenix Mercury, then you are more likely to tune into that game, even if that isn't your team, because you're like, this is a tournament game. And then you have that leading up to the Commissioner's Cup, which you know, should still happen in August. And I think that would energize the whole regular season more as opposed to just, oh, the top two teams in the league compete in this cup. Um, I think it was really exciting this year because, you know, we had that Aces versus Liberty narrative, you know, running all season long, but it's not going to be like that every year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I also feel like, you know, from the NBA, 
it was such a huge opportunity to showcase the younger talent, like somebody like Tyrese Halliburton on the Indiana Pacers having that kind of spotlight is so huge for Indiana. And, and I think having this like, you know, old school in LeBron James versus the new school mm-hmm. and someone like Tyrese Halliburton, who's probably like, you know, born when LeBron was playing in high school or something. I mean, that's really cool to me. And so, yeah, I would, I would love for the WNBA to actually just adopt the tournament. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think so. And I think you, you sort of nailed the, to me the main thing, which is a distinct difference from the actual like regular season games. Like even if it is a game that counts toward the regular season, uh, I think having a different look, um, having uh, days where the, all the games that are being played are like cup days. Mm-hmm. Right. And I also think that for me, a, a big thing as far as like showcasing talent was having a um, I, I think it maybe worked a little bit less for the NBA and would work more for the W and that's having a neutral site. So you don't take anyone's home games away, mm. but um, you, you allow this opportunity um, cough, cough for it to be in Toronto perhaps. Um, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I think you, what you do is you sort of say like the, the last kind of like three games are in this place and it's like, you just pack as much press into that as possible. And you kind of give it this heightened feel another thing. And, you know, this has been suggested in the NBA, but I think, you know, is a bit out there, but potentially giving some weight to the tournament in terms of uh, playoff seating. And I think that um, it could be a tiebreaker. It could be, you know, a play in scenario, maybe like, you know, these are all just like sort of out there hypotheticals, but what you're doing is you're not saying draft picks. You're not saying anything for the franchise down the line. You're saying that this could be important for you this year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I think that, um, like, uh, it's happened before the W kind of did the legwork for the NBA, but I think the, the W can profit here off of the NBA success. Friday, I have to say this was not a fun question. This was very serious. It was very serious. And um, party hats. There you go. <laughs> that is fine. That is fine. Just a lot of topics this week, which is great. You know, it's always great to have uh, some league news at this time of year. Um, yeah, I think we should wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back, I guess, in two. Will we back in two weeks time? It'll literally be Christmas. We got, we'll figure out our schedules, but we will be back. We'll probably have another episode maybe right before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that sounds pretty, pretty perfect. Yeah. There we go. So thank you everyone. Uh, follow us at the pickup WNBA pod on your social medias. Uh, thank you again for all the support and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. Thanks everybody. See you.